Hello and welcome to Queering Eve, a spoiler-free-ish podcast about the TV show Killing Eve, made by some queers. Hi, I'm Nina and I'm the one who is going to have a lecture tomorrow by a dude named Dick Swab. <laughs> Which, <laughs> let me tell you a little story. What the fuck? <laughs> I, I was... I don't know, googling Killing Eve today, and I saw a BuzzFeed post, which was, I don't know, a list about Killing Eve. And For one some reason, we were both looking at the same one. <laughs> okay. Uh, Separately. I okay. also saw this. Cool. One of the first points is how they had to use the term dick swap, because you're not allowed to say fuck on BBC, and mm-hmm. um, how then... Phoebe Waller-Bridge googled this term and found out that someone's name is Dick Swap. And guess what? It is a researcher currently working at the University of Ljubljana, and I'm gonna hear from him tomorrow. Oh my god! (laughs) Wow. We can just go home. This is the episode. (laughs) I mean, we are all home. That is insane. That's very on point for this show. Hi, I'm Tamara, and I'm the one who has been going on a lot of walks recently, which isn't super exciting for our listeners, but it is super exciting for my body. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was gonna say, you and everyone else, because we're in quarantine, isn't I mean, that like... I have not been leaving the <laughs> But I'm happy for you. Hi, I'm Nea, and I'm the one who decided to do their quarantine birthday right, which means I took all week off um, as a gift from me to myself for my birthday, and I also ordered an entire cake to be delivered to me to eat it all by myself. (laughs) Hi, I'm Nuri, and I'm the one who likes kombucha, which is very basic of me. (laughs) <laughs> mm. Oh, I was gonna say, what a brave thing to say. <laughs> I was ready to be like, whoa, Nuri is back, but then <laughs> my body needed to react to the kombucha thing. <laughs> but yay, Nuri is back! Yeah. yeah. It was either this or, and I had a mental breakdown, so I was like, maybe the kombucha thing is better. <laughs> Maybe the breakdown thing has been used too much on this podcast. I actually do not know. I just assume. I have no memory of anything. I also like kombucha, so it's fine. I have drank it once and I didn't enjoy it, but it was fine. I am terrified of it. (laughs) These have been our opinions on kombucha. Now that you know our opinions on kombucha, let's find out what we think of this episode. to talk about episode 5 of season 2 called Smell You Later. So this time I decided to actually look up um, the director and writer as well, but then Nina was also already doing, so I just like watched the screen while she did it. So, <laughs> but I can say the words. Okay, it was directed by Francesca Gregorini. We didn't like find out much about her from looking at her IMDb page, 
but I did click one photo and went like, oh, a lesbian, okay. <laughs> uh, that's her. And it was written by Freddy Cyborn, who is not interesting, Nina? Yeah, no, but he did write for the Brit Awards uh, 2019 and played <laughs> a character in a show that he wrote for a lot uh, called Bad Education. And the character that he played was called Porn Baron. Uh, yes, right. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> That's what I thought was notable. <laughs> These are the fun facts that we bring <laughs> to this community. This episode opens with Villanelle drinking something with a lot of cream, but the sound that is overlaid is of someone like drinking the last dregs out of a cup. Um, mm. So I gotta say, just... At some points, sound mixing in this show is really bad. Okay, huh. but anyway. I only noticed that she looked hot. Mm. <laughs> yeah. She's standing on a balcony, throws this drink, which I want. On I think a... it's like a strawberry milkshake. That's what it looked like to me. Oh, okay. It was slightly pink. Mm. Nice. I didn't catch that. So I guess she brought all the boys to the yard. <laughs> <laughs> Then she throws this strawberry milkshake on a cool guy's car, then follows this cool guy to a car wash and uh, murders him in his car. I think she has some fun thoughts on this. I thought it was a cool murder. I think there is nothing more intimate than a car wash while you're just like in there alone. Um, so I think a good place to murder someone I was impressed and also uncomfortable. I was confused about how this car wash worked. How she got in? Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, oh, same. I think she... Like, she got in? I think she posed as an employee. <laughs> no, I get that. Yeah, but no, it no, no, like no, she got that. in in the middle Physically. of the building. Yeah. Ah, okay, I see. Also, there's just, like, one set of the brushes, and it's just... Uh, Maybe I just don't know how car washes work. And this one probably had some added movie magic. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I wanted to say that, yeah, I wouldn't know. Because um, I have never been in a car wash. But uh, for some wow. reason, as a child, I always wanted to experience this. Oh, it yeah, because yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, those are like some of my <laughs> most... I've only been as a child. And those are some of the best memories I have of my childhood. <laughs> yeah, I think this is like a specifically non-middle class experience that I had. Yeah, like never being I in mean, a car wash. Mm, we never honestly same. Movie. I've never been in a car wash. Mm. See, I think this is like an amusement park for people like me who are terrified of everything that an amusement park <laughs> offers. It's true. <laughs> nice, nice, yeah. So this was our, you know, um, take what on. do you think of this place? What are your experience <laughs> with this place? Yes, yes. Um, part. <laughs> then we go to Eve and Jess watching a dude interrogate the ghost. Charles. Charles, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and they're being hilarious. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I loved it when they were, like, uh, trying to figure out what he's saying and Jess suggested... Have you seen Mad Men? It's a masterpiece. I thought that was brilliant. <laughs> she got Charles so well. Perfect. 
What did Eve say, though? I don't remember anymore. Eve said, I cannot satisfy my wife in bed. Mm -hmm. And then she also commented that she wishes Ghost was a little more fun. I mean, she kills people for a living. Yep. Yeah, Eve, I think that's just you. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I think her expectations are a bit warped by (laughs) her experience. She's spoiled. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Jess's tooth hurts because she's pregnant and her baby stole her calcium. This is incorrect. It is Mm -hmm. a myth. Babies do not steal calcium from your teeth, just from all the other bones. (laughs) So, no worries. All... Well, just me. I think I'm the only one who wants to be pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) Then Carolyn comes in. Um, and Eve wants to try again with Ghost. So, yeah, they talk a little. Ghost smiles. Okay, her name is Jin. Which also, I don't think that's her real name. Oh, like, the ghost? <laughs> no, Jin. Sure, yeah. Because okay. she's Korean and generally speaking, Korean people have two-syllable names and not single-syllable name. So, <laughs> what is Jin? Uh-huh. She really likes the drink and wants to be <laughs> called that. <laughs> I guess it could be her last name. It could be her last name, because this is a last name. So maybe we just will never know her name name. Oh, shucks. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the ghost also figures Eve out in two seconds. Um, <laughs> this thing that we are finding out in this episode that she wants to murder. So they talk a little bit. A little bit about that. And then Eve starts talking about Villanelle. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's all she wants to do in this episode. Like on every turn, she's like, I mean, I know she did this before, but she's just like, I'm gonna pretend like I'm trying to do something for my job, but realistically, I'm just doing it to either talk about Villanelle or see Villanelle or think about Villanelle or just... (laughs) Yep, 100%. She's just a person having a crush. Exactly. But, um... Yeah, the ghost actually gets scared when Villanelle is mentioned. Wait, wait, wait. Before that, uh, she says that the female assassins have a book club, and I am intrigued. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. Love it. So when when Jean hears about Villanelle, she says that, quote, well, actually, I don't remember exactly the quote, but anyway, (laughs) that the people are calling her Dalgiel Guishin, or... Faceless ghost, I think it is. She calls her egg ghost, which I egg love. ghost exactly, yeah. which is this Korean. I mean, I googled that, but it's this Korean myth, and I'm just wondering who are this bunch of Korean people talking about how scary <laughs> Villanelle is? Because <laughs> yeah. like this is implying either that there are a bunch of Korean people working for the twelve. Or that she's just chatting about it with the monks <laughs> of school. Uh, uh, maybe think... that she coined this phrase and now is teaching everyone about yeah. Korean uh, mythology. Maybe she's referring to the book club. Yeah. Maybe mm-hmm. she's what? Mm-hmm. Maybe that's uh, what do they call Villanelle at the book club. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So we have original flavor ghost, like the ghost, and then we have mm-hmm. egg ghost. Mm-hmm. And then do you think every <laughs> female assassin has a ghost persona? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, I do think so, Naya. <laughs> Thank you. 
then we see Vill- Villanelle. Okay. Oh, but- I think it's fun because it's like um, they're talking about the uh, demon with no face and then we cut to Villanelle's beautiful face. Yes, I agree. She's very pretty. Um, yes, actually what I wrote down is then we see Villanelle being pretty in front of Tate Modern. She looked really good in yeah. this episode. Yeah. yeah I also, I really love this shot of Tate Mother, and it's mm-hmm. really cool. Mm-hmm. The symmetry yeah. is great. I mm-hmm. recognized it. <laughs> yeah, me too, exactly. <laughs> I was also shocked because I've been there once. <laughs> so, Villanelle is staring at a street artist because that's a hobby she found. And <laughs> I'm very happy for her. <laughs> and Constantine arrives, and until here, like from the start of the episode, there in the background there was this, the same like ominous dramatic music, and then um, Villanelle just scares Constantine, um, <laughs> and mm-hmm. the music stops, which is lovely. I feel like this show is like just Constantine getting scared by Villanelle. <laughs> it's a big part. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So in this scene, we find out a little bit about the murder we saw at the beginning of this episode. Yeah, they are having this conversation while taking this little river sidewalk. And then uh, Villanelle sees another street artist and she wants to stare at that street artist as well. And this street artist looks the same as the previous one. Yes, in style. <laughs> Yeah, same color, yeah. same sunglasses. So I wonder, like, how specific is her hobby? Is it staring <laughs> at any street artist? Or did they have to mm, mm. be bronze and with sunglasses? Honestly, I'm just happy that she found a hobby that brings her joy. Mm-hmm. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Eve and Jess are talking about Villanelle now being a freelancer. And Eve immediately comments, she must be bored. What? Why? What is this theory that everyone, including Villanelle, has that she... (laughs) (laughs) She just got her first hobby. Like, we have no indication that she had other interests before this. Yeah, it's uh, it's weird and out of nowhere. And I guess they're just trying to... They just needed a reason for Villanelle to be like, I don't want to do this other job. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of dumb. Well, if they wanted to do that believably, then they wouldn't have that whole thing of her being in Amsterdam and being really bored. Because <laughs> if she had this interest in international politics, then she would know how to fill her whole day with reading the news. <laughs> Nina talks exactly. about Exactly, that's hobbies. true. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, talking about Out of Nowhere, Eve has this brilliant idea that the ghost <laughs> and Villanelle should meet. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, and everyone goes with it. Um, so her idea is, let's hire Villanelle by putting a hit on me. Anyway, guys, um, none of this makes any sense. And I just, um, I personally, I don't care. It's fine. It's fine. I'm fine with it. I did like yeah, how same. someone was talking about how this is how they're gonna crack the ghost. And I want to insert a cracking an egg joke here, but I didn't <laughs> think of one beforehand. Um, so there you have it. But also, apparently, Villanelle and the ghost are not going to the same book club. Yeah. 
So that's maybe why they have to meet. Mm-hmm. So we hear that Hugo likes this idea, but Kenny gets very upset, which is, you know, understandable. He's the reasonable yep. one, but this will be his only role in this episode, just getting <sighs> upset and being ignored. Yeah. We also find out that Carolyn apparently likes this plan. And we find a bit more about why when Jess is asking Eve if she ever does any paperwork and Eve's like, no, that's not my job. (laughs) At first I thought that Jess was like being jealous of Eve and was mean about this, but no, she was just trying to warn Eve and take care of her. So I thought that was really nice. I really liked their relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. because it turns out that Actually, the reason is that Carolyn does not want a paper trail on Eve being employed there. So, whoa, that's scary. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Constantine <laughs> leads Villanelle to a door and then leaves her outside like a dog. And when he comes out, Villanelle is eating a cornetto, which made me want a cornetto. Same. So Constantine comes out and gives Villanelle her new job, which is to kill Eve, as the title of this (laughs) show says. And Villanelle is very upset. Oh, and when Constantine hands her the newspaper where uh, he got the photo of Eve in, she just throws away the ice cream cone. And it's brilliant. (laughs) Bad for the environment. I do not approve, but good TV stuff. Um, The photo that Villanelle gets in this newspaper is of Eve not looking great. (laughs) Um, And we find out immediately after that Hugo chose this photo. (laughs) Eve is upset because she was so hungover that day. But what I like is that Hugo also printed it out for her (laughs) in the exact same format that also (laughs) Villanelle had it printed out for her. So that's cute. Can I say before I forget that I I do like I know Hugo is annoying but I do appreciate that he is super chill about the situation where he and Eve almost kissed and then didn't and he is actually looks like more relaxed and friendly with her after that hmm. which <laughs> I don't know I liked it hmm. yeah I already forgot about that buried it deep somewhere in my subconscious never <laughs> to think about it again yeah Then we see Villanelle storming off in her beautiful outfit because she's not on board with murdering Eve, which Constantine is a little bit offended by because she was totally on board with murdering him and she thinks it's unreasonable that he has not yet gotten over (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Then he's like, but you gotta, she makes you feel things. So, of course, like, when someone makes you feel things, you have to murder them. Exactly. He's like, yep. you know that. <laughs> what a way to get over a crush. Mm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he is making some valid points. Like, we know that um, this is Villanelle's modus operandi. She kills people and gets over them. <laughs> Still, I would not recommend for someone to, like Nuri said, get over a crush by murdering them. (laughs) Of course not. I'm just saying it's in character, you know. (laughs) It would be in Villanelle's character to do this. 
Anyway, Villanelle is very upset about the notion of killing Eve and she just looks sad for a while and then Constantine leaves and she follows. Meanwhile, in the Manderley offices, people are having fun because a person has arrived. Martin. It's Martin, thank you. <laughs> yes. Martin is here and he's gonna tell us all about psychopaths. There is a PowerPoint presentation and it's beautiful. Mm. The word psychopaths is written in a Comic Sans-ish font and in the background is a red car. So, great. Great, great. Then he has a lot of animations. He loves his animations. Yes, there is two stick figures standing on the screen and a huge ball bouncing <laughs> around them and through them. This is the animation that we see. I forgot about the content. Basically, he just lists some things that are supposed to be true for quote-unquote psychopaths. And yeah. And I would be getting angry about this right now. If but... the PowerPoint wasn't so good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we find out later that this is actually... Meant to suck. Yes. The, the response yeah. that I'm having is the desired response to this PowerPoint. So it's fine. I actually thought it was kind of trying too hard to be bad. I thought it was too much fun. And I didn't get how nobody thought this was suspicious. But I digress. Maybe the presentations you get at MI6 are just generally really bad. <laughs> so this is the standard <laughs> that they are used to. <laughs> it's highly possible. But I... or, maybe, or maybe all of the presentations that they get are actually fake presentations with the pretext <laughs> of like tricking them to find out something about the people that work for them. <laughs> oh, but like still even with this idea I could not find it believable that everyone just sat through this and was like uh-huh yeah. uh-huh anyway Eve is annoyed with this presentation we also see this shot of her not flinching at some bloody crime scene that was accidentally in the presentation. Also, the there is the next font that is used is very papyrus-like. Oh, so <laughs> I didn't notice that. That's nice. cool. <laughs> <laughs> then we get this photo of Villanelle because, of course, we are always only talking about Villanelle. Again, everyone is like, uh -huh, this seems normal. <laughs> yeah. So from this very silly scene, we go to a very dramatic one, where Villanelle is getting room service and she's wearing all black. Yes, I wrote, she looks dead inside, but good. <laughs> I agree. The, but the very nice service person asks her if there's anything else they can do for Villanelle. And they end up petting her hair while she cries. I like how she asks him if he's lonely and he says that yeah, sometimes, but it's hard finding the right person and Villanelle agrees. Yeah. She just found the right person and now she has to kill her. <laughs> yeah, it's truly tragic. Next we see Eve coming home. And this is the first time we, I think, we see this room from this perspective. So we see mm -hmm. some posters in the background. There's one 
for a Polish movie that I meant to Google no, no, no. and didn't? No, it's not a Polish movie. It's just a Polish poster of the movie Working Girl. Oh! Because that's, you know, that's uh, the presentation of the Polish culture in that household. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. Nice observation. Yeah, and then I have a Czech poster of some French movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say that neither of these people who live here speak Czech. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's just for the aesthetics. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or maybe someone who can't tell Polish from Czech <laughs> saw this poster and was like, oh, this looks like Polish, I should buy this for Nico. <laughs> Yes, I mean, I do think that actually happened, but the person was the scene designer for this show. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Nico is going to Oxford for a couple of days to be a chaperone at some spelling bee competition. Which was the last... like multiple days but also what they exist in the uk i thought that was an american thing anyway eve is very excited for him to leave and also very excited that he ordered indian and tells him that she loves him then also asks if he ordered extra lime pickle which he did i find it really funny that nico looked a little bit surprised when eve was happy that he can go to Oxford for two days, like stay overnight. And I was just like, don't you know your wife hates you? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Are you really surprised? Then we see Martin put his bag in a locker and go to a library to meet Carolyn. In this scene, we find out that this whole thing was Carolyn's idea to find out how Eve is doing and if this could work. And Martin, his recommendation is that Eve is too close, so this is a no-go. Uh, which, like, um, I think anyone could have told you that, <laughs> lol. Uh, yes. <laughs> but Carolyn ignores that and talks about being crushed by the bookshelves. And then she leaves. I don't understand this part. Like, why? what was the point of this Martin guy? I mean, it was fun, don't get me wrong, I love him, but... I don't understand what Caroline wanted from this. Oh yeah, uh, I think plot-wise it makes no sense. I think what the show is trying to tell us is like, it's more of like getting us on the idea that Eve actually loves murder and is a psychopath herself. So that's what we are doing here. That's and, boring. Yeah, no, it sucks, yeah. But okay, we got Martin out of it. And I also yeah. enjoyed that he described his PowerPoint um, by saying that what you're supposed to feel when you see it is slightly soporific superiority. <laughs> Which is exactly what I felt. <laughs> yeah. Then we go back to Nico and Eve who are eating. Someone rings a bell. Um, there is no one there. There's just a gift. A gift is of some flower arrangements that look like cakes that look like flower arrangements. And then she, I guess, just leaves this gift outside. <laughs> Nothing, you know. <laughs> we don't <laughs> talk about it again. But she is 
very turned on by all this and wants to fuck Nico. I mean, she wants to fuck Villanelle. Yeah, but yeah, she. Villanelle's not there, Nico so. Because he's there. <laughs> of yeah. course, yes. Also, I love that just saying, do you want to go upstairs means, do you want to fuck? Because I guess that's the only thing they do upstairs. Okay, <laughs> <or> <laughs> Why would she need to use a euphemism? She does not seem like that kind of person. Because she's on BBC and yes. can't take <laughs> It's weird her getting so turned on by getting some flower arrangement for her future grave. I mean, spelling her name. Come on. Come on. <laughs> also, I love that Nico just does not question anything that happened, <laughs> like <laughs> the bell ringing, the Eve just suddenly being horny, like, yeah. Okay, then we got a brief scene of Constantine and Villanelle in an antique store, which is also a gun store. There is a little doggy that Villanelle gives a look. <laughs> and then they get some guns. Yeah, I think that's it. That's the only thing that happens here. (laughs) And next, Carolyn and Eve are talking about how Carolyn arranged the whole spelling bee situation. Eve asks about this, and Carolyn tells her that she was the British spelling champion in 1973, and that it's a very supportive network. Fascinating how how early in life networking can start, huh? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> and also that Carolyn would just be a part of any supportive network. <laughs> <laughs> I think she gets all the support and gives none. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They have this interaction, Carolyn and Eve, where Carolyn says to Eve, you always have my support. And Eve is like on the record. And Carolyn, of course, uh, changes the, the subject by saying Sisyphean. And before she explains what she means by this, there is like a beat, and I just my mind went wild with <laughs> like explanations of what could this answer mean, like what could Sisyphean mean to like in this context, <laughs> and I could not think of any explanation. <laughs> also, Sisyphean is the word she won with is it like that hard i wrote it down wrong but (laughs) (laughs) i mean i think you just screwed your against it but you know i'm not about to win a competition (sighs) i mean it's for kids i know yeah they have never even heard of sisyphus i'm sure carolyn has well, yes, now. <laughs> As a child. Um, Carolyn also tells Eve that if she's unsure about any ex- any aspect of their plan, she should speak now or forever or forever hold her peace, which Eve is very offended by. I mean, yeah. It's nice to see she cares about her life a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yes. She allows Hugo to put a bulletproof vest on her. That's how much she cares about her life. And all she can think about is how it doesn't look flattering. Yeah. I wrote down, I'm with Hugo on this. So, more me being Hugo 
content. I mean, I don't see how that would save her life if Villanella was really gonna murder her. And I also... It would not help with an arsenic pill. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And also, while I understand wearing a bulletproof vest as a um, safety precaution, bullets can, like, hit you in the head, you know? (laughs) That's also a thing that they can do. And then you die. So it's not (laughs) bulletproof. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. <laughs> well, Eve also rejects any other kind of backup or safety measures That's because she true. thinks that um she and Villanelle need to be alone. It needs to be intimate. <laughs> and I am here for this. I mean, I don't love how irresponsible Eve is. It's stressing me out a little bit, but mm-hmm. All Eve wants to get out of this job is a date. (laughs) Yes. Basically. And she's doing a lot of gaslighting to convince people that this is about literally anything other than her wanting to have this date. And it's... Gaslighting is her jam. Yeah. Yeah, and like... Gaslight girl boss. (laughs) (laughs) Leaning in to that gaslighting... (laughs) Gaslight gatekeep girl boss Who runs the world Eve (laughs) Then we see a very Sad scene about Eve just being A real dick swab to Kenny (laughs) Yeah Um, And then even firing him Just because he kind of doesn't want her to die And stuff Yeah, He's worried about her And she's mean And also I really don't like how she, um, I mean, I know he got this job through nepotism, but he's still, like, he wants to do a good job. It's not like he's he's just laying around and waiting for the money to drop. And I really like, uh, dislike how she dismisses his concerns because of this. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's yeah, she would never cool. throw this in his face in any other situation. Like, she yeah. has never shown any distaste for nepotism before. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. Anyway, Villanelle at this time is in her very fancy bathroom, in her very fancy hotel suite. She's putting on makeup and putting on a black veil and being very dramatic. (sighs) It's great. Meanwhile, we also get scenes of Eve going home. (laughs) Um, A dude shoves her, she just almost kills him and then cries a little and we move on. (laughs) Yep, 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 yep. that's what happens. Trying to drive that point home. (laughs) Yeah, and then she does come home, takes her hair down. Yeah, 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 yeah. Then again looks at her in the mirror and really finds it unacceptable that you can't see her boobs when she's wearing this vest um which i just want to say being me i found her really hot in that vest um (laughs) but she decides to take it off and she is still very hot (laughs) yeah so finally villanelle arrives she politely rings the bell and Eve opens for her. And Villanelle tells her to not do anything stupid, I think. Anyway, 
and she comes in, then I forget what happens. Um, Villanelle notices how Eve is not surprised to see her, and Villanelle says something about like how she thought she had forgotten about her, which is sad. <laughs> yes, they be pining. Mm-hmm, they be pining. Mm-hmm. And Villanelle has champagne with her, so she asks uh, Eve for sunglasses, and Eve brings some mugs. Uh, instead, and Villanelle puts her uh, Eve's phone in one of them. So Eve brings another mug. <laughs> <laughs> this is just where, like, all I wrote down was the dialogue. So uh, Villanelle says, "You could have killed me," and Eve says, "I know. I think about that all the time." <laughs> mm. And um, Villanelle says, "Really?" And Eve says, "Do you think about it?" And Villanelle says, "All the time." then they play a game of chicken about whether or not Villanelle is actually gonna poison Eve Um, oh yeah Eve like tells her that it was her idea to hire Villanelle to kill her and Villanelle's like that is so stupid and (laughs) we all agree (laughs) so Villanelle gives Eve some pills and champagne and Eve takes them and it's hot, in my opinion, how she's like putting those pills in her mouth. Mm-hmm. I I think it's hotter that. how Villanelle is watching her do it. Okay, it's like okay. this very intense stare. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then yeah. <laughs> Villanelle is like, what did you do? And makes Eve think it's arsenic and like freaks out. And so Eve goes to throw up and it's like very intense. And then Villanelle does this really great transformation from like being panicked into laughing um, and being like, no, of course I wouldn't do this. And it is fun. (laughs) Good TV. It's fun. They are trying to call each other's bluff, <laughs> and in the end, uh-huh. Villanelle wins. Mm. Yeah, Villanelle says, of course it isn't poison. Do you think I'm insane? <laughs> Villanelle, what do you think people think of you? She also says, you are too easy. <laughs> Which, I mean, uh-huh. how much less easy could she be? <laughs> uh- then, before she leaves, she puts a knife on Eve, which is hot. Mm. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Do we want to just stop here for a bit and think about how hot that was? God, yeah. <laughs> like, it's, you know, it's... We've already had the same scene, but it's not any less hot the second time. And I don't know why I find this so hot and I... <laughs> Don't want to examine it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what is also hot? How much even Villanelle communicates in this scene. Uh, it's just so much communication. Mm. And especially if you compare this with Eve and Nico. Mm-hmm. I really like this juxtaposition of their relationships. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's good. Villanelle says, will you give me everything I want? And Eve says, yes. And we cut to them leaving the apartment. They leave and and they get into the car that Eve promised that she'll get Villanelle into. And we see Caroline and Constantine sitting in another car. 
which I guess means something, but I just saw it and I was like, yeah, of course. <laughs> what is the plot there? Oh, I don't care. I guess I'm at that point in my life now. Oh, I was like, yeah. I saw them and I was like, I do not feel like doing the mental work to figure this out. Maybe we can like all guess like the most ridiculous thing that was happening with the two of them in the car. Like, I think it was completely unrelated that they were there. They just decided to hook up in a car in that vicinity. <laughs> I think they were exchanging the postcards that they stole. <laughs> it's like exchanging photo cards or stickers or stuff. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think they really just ship even Villanelle. I mean, they wouldn't oh, say yes. that to them just to make it more interesting. Um, but they really wanted to see them leave together, you know? Yes, 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 I agree. Mine is not that fun. Like, they're in the car listening to a podcast, and it would be a very unrelated podcast to murder. So, like, <laughs> I don't know, something random, like life advice things and relationship <laughs> yes. advice things. Mm. <laughs> or, like, home renova- renovation. Oh, home renovation. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Actually, yeah. Then we get to. The Forest of Dean, which we've already had like so many Harry Potter actors and that wasn't enough. So now we have to use Harry Potter locations as well. I only thought about Supernatural. (laughs) Well, my only thought was this is a sexy forest. So, It's a very good looking forest. Yeah, Nuri and me are on the same page. Um, So we all have thoughts about this forest, I guess. Do you think that Eve and Villanelle are forest gays, space gays, or ocean gays? Oh. Mm. Um, I think Eve is a forest gay and Villanelle is a space gay. I think Villanelle is an ocean gay and Eve is a forest gay. Yes, I agree with Tamara. <laughs> I also agree with Tamara. Even though I feel like Villanelle in this scene looks like a perfect cottagecore god forest guy. <laughs> oh, I thought she looked perfect for a space opera. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, she did. She did. Uh, the reason I classified her as a space gay is because her outfits usually are just so out there that, like, mm, out that there. felt right. What was all y'all's reason for making her an ocean gay ocean is scary and dangerous and yeah. and also you're in love with it okay I just as really opposed am- to space which is not scary or dangerous <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's different it's my different. thought process was that she looks really good in bright colors my <laughs> process was that i imagined her at an aquarium <laughs> <laughs> I approve. I love the difference in the depths of your reasoning. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for the question, Nuri. That was Mm -hmm. good. Yeah, nice. Oh, yeah, we also see the ghost being driven to this forest and being put into a container. And then we see Villanelle and Eve arriving at this same forest. And 
Eve does the same thing as Constantine did to Villanelle in this episode, which is she goes inside somewhere and leaves Villanelle to <laughs> wait as if <sighs> no one has ever met Villanelle before. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Eve goes in, doesn't really achieve anything, goes out. Villanelle goes in and asks Eve if she wants to watch. <laughs> mm, that was sexy. Then Villanelle comes out of the container and informs Eve that the person that got Alistair Peel murdered was his son Aaron Peel. And um, the reason for this is that he is selling a weapon. The 12 want it, everyone wants it. And... And what Villanelle wants is a thank you. Aww. Eve, for some reason, is horrified and asks Villanelle <laughs> what she did to Jin. And Villanelle rightfully says, nothing you didn't ask me to. Mm-hmm. Then we get, I mean, it's a song that starts playing, but the beginning of a song is just a witch cackle. So we just get some sounds of witch cackling. <laughs> Um, and then while Eve goes to see the state that the ghost is in and the ghost calls Villanelle a monster. I think she, no, no. I I think think she she calls Eve Eve a monster. monster. Oh, Oh, I thought she called Villanelle a monster. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. Maybe both. Um, Maybe both. Yeah. So the song is like... I got a witch, she's my witch, or something like that. (laughs) It's good, I liked it. I guess just Eve wanting a cute witch girlfriend. Who doesn't? Well, she has one. And then we go to Oxford, which looks nice. Uh, Nico is there and he just walks up to Villanelle. (laughs) Like, she is standing there looking away from him and he walks up to her. Maybe this is his... His way of, like, meeting people. (laughs) Just standing next to someone. (laughs) I mean, I really like that. (laughs) Same. So, yeah, he stands next to her and she just lets him know everything. (laughs) She starts with apologizing about the complaints that she has been... Uh, filing with the school. God, and like the look of horror that just appears on his face as he's realizing what is happening. Oof. Yeah, so then she justifies this by saying the most devastating sentence I can imagine anyone saying to me ever, which is, I was just trying to get Eve's attention, but she does not care about your life, does she? For some reason, this time while watching this episode, I just had to pause for 10 minutes and have feelings about this. Like, I don't normally super sympathize with Nico, but I just imagined someone saying that to me. Yeah, I mean, it sucks because it's true. (laughs) Exactly. Like, she's confirming his worst fears that... Or, like, saying out loud his worst fear that Mm. he knows is true, that Eve just does not care about him. And also the fact that Villanelle wanted to get Eve's attention. So, you know, she was using Nico just to get to Eve. 
And it didn't even work, because Eve <laughs> just does not care about him. Villanelle just keeps spewing facts. Uh, she also says, you look like someone stuck a mustache on some fudge. <laughs> just so accurate. <laughs> you know, equally devastating. <laughs> Nico decides to go get away from the kids, which is nice, but then he attacks Villanelle, which is stupid. Mm. Yeah, it's stupid. And also she tells him, you should do that with your wife. Which, again, mm-hmm. just... Ouch. Sex advice by Villanelle. <laughs> yeah. Do you imagine her having, Ouch. like, a, a sex education podcast or something? Or her being, like, a sex therapist in her spare time? I, I, she should not be a therapist of any kind. <laughs> <laughs> yep. She also says that she came to tell him he has nothing to worry about. Uh, she's forgiven Eve and their friends. Well, more than friends. <laughs> <laughs> and also, she says, besides, I've been stabbed before. I know what it's like when you're in the moment. Uh-huh. <laughs> <sighs> Nico also finds out that Eve has been lying to him about some pretty significant events in her life. So just, I don't know, this whole scene... I really felt it. Oh, I don't know. I had so many feelings, and they were like feeling bad for Nico, but I also just found it hot. <laughs> the the you know the the Eve Villanelle thing and the fact that she's just destroying this man <laughs> with it. I don't know. I found it hot. I mean, realistically, she's doing him a favor, because even yeah. if Villanelle wasn't even in the picture, they should have gotten a divorce. Yes. So if this makes them get separated sooner, it's good for him. Yes. Yeah, but I'm I... not saying this. I'm serious. I, I agree with you. Um, but I also just want to say if like Villanelle came up to me and told me all these things, I would be angry and I would cry and I would also be turned on. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. yeah. That's it's ther- maybe my it's, point, yeah. Yeah, it is hurtful and it's hot, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Good analysis. <laughs> he looks devastated and she finishes off this perfect conversation with smell you later and laughs. <laughs> also, she tells him about Eve coming to her apartment in Paris and stabbing her. And this stabbing is like the, you know, thing that really shocks Nico. But in the mm-hmm. sense of, like, they actually fucked. You know? It's, mm. like, confirmed here that stabbing is mm-hmm. lesbian sex. Yep. Yep, yep. Hi, this is Nea from the future. I am introducing the corrections segment. (laughs) Turns out when you never Google anything, sometimes you're wrong. So in the fourth episode, we talked about the song that plays in the last scene. That is the Dutch version of Shaggy's Angel. Except it's not. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... It still is, except that the original is something else. <laughs> they are both versions of another song. There is this song called... I don't know, something something angel. 
that was recorded in the beginning of the 80s in English. And then at some point there was a Dutch version. And then a little bit later, Shaggy used the melody for his song, Angel. Yeah. And now we know this. Yeah. So really, it would have taken one small (laughs) clickety-click. I mean, that's always like that with everything we just assume on this podcast. um, I'm gonna say I'm pretty sure our listeners don't come in expecting we are factually correct about everything we say. Or anything, I hope. (laughs) I hope that this podcast is a um, safe space to be wrong about everything. (laughs) Is it Uti time? Yes. Welcome to Outfit of the Episode, or Uti as we call it, which is pronounced wrong, I realize now after almost two seasons of this. (laughs) Yes, it should be like (laughs) Uti. I, mean, yeah, we have, I think we have a creative license here. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I'm not saying we should start pronouncing it correctly at all. I'm just saying that I only now realize that there is only one E. I mean, I do want to say that English words are pronounced in so many different stupid ways that they have a true. spelling bee competition. So. <laughs> I was gonna that's say, true, that's like, true. I wouldn't use our pronunciation for a spelling bee. <laughs> <laughs> Cool, cool, cool. So in this episode, uh, this episode was super fun. We had cool eight outfits. Woo! Ah! I'm so excited. They were all so good. Yeah, they were all really good. So the first one was just a uniform, a blue overalls, but like work overalls with a blue baseball hat and some rain boots in like greenish brownish color. Yeah, I loved it. Yep, yep. Cool. The next one, again, I don't have the names, so just fill in the blanks, I guess. Okay, so the first one was called Evil Mechanic. (laughs) Good, good, good. The next one is, I guess, the least interesting. She's wearing a white t-shirt and over it a green and black jacket that's um, quilted a little bit, the, the black part. And she is wearing some dark gray or maybe black white pants and a really nice gold necklace with a blue stone or something i really love that necklace and also black shiny laced boots that are almost knee high but not completely knee high this outfit kind of reminded me of the bulgarian murder outfit Mm, true cool the third outfit she has this really cool coat that i didn't write out the colors but the patterns is mountains and it has really cool, fun button loops. So it doesn't have button holes. It just have these like in the form of clover, like but not really loops. And she is also wearing really orange flared pants. No, I thought they were and red. They... Yeah, they looked red on our screen. <laughs> yeah, on my screen it looked really orange, but I'm also really not sure about these colors on my screen. So it might they might be red. And she is wearing a black turtleneck. And also, I'm pretty sure she's wearing heels. I love that. I love that. And, uh, yeah. I wish that I could pull that off. But I don't think I can. And, uh... Oh, I think you could. I see no reason Honestly, not yeah, to. I can totally see you in it. 
Norio would look great in this coat. And the pants. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the next outfit is the one in the hotel, and she's just wearing a satin black pajamas. I do like the idea that she's so committed <laughs> to <laughs> being in mourning that she also got black pajamas. Yeah. So what are what is the name of this one? Morning pajamas. <laughs> oh yeah, funny. <laughs> it's like morning, but it's oh. morning. <laughs> yes, that's what I meant. <laughs> yeah, great, Nina. That You're was a amazing. genius. <laughs> yeah. Love that pun. Cool, cool, cool. Next is a black red striped overalls with a really fun cut. So the the neckline and the waist has like this triangle shaped parts that are cut on the bias which means that they're cut like on 45 degrees instead of straight down and she, with it she has this thin black belt and also these overalls are also flared which they really tried to make this a thing two years ago but it just did not <laughs> and she's wearing her usual watch and her hair is up and she has black earrings on this time uh, next, the sixth outfit is just a floor-length rope with this vague Asian pattern. And then she is wearing the widow outfit, which is, yay! She's wearing a black veil with polka dots in black, obviously. <laughs> Incredible. And then she's wearing this dress made out of sheer fabric, mostly. And it was... I was staring at this dress for a long time because I was like, I have no idea how to describe this dress. It's so, <sighs> there's so much going on. She has a ruffled collar and then she has like sheer part that would be on a lot of dresses that, that like if this was an off-shoulder dress, this would be like the cleavage part of or whatever, but it's mm-hmm. the, the sheer part. And then on the front and back, it's like it's lace, but I also think there's some beading think there's some beading going on, but I didn't I wasn't quite able to tell if there is beads or not, but definitely it's like shining a little bit. So I assume so. And she has long but very wide, almost balloon sleeves that are then gathered in the uh wrist area. Wrist. And then the skirt is floor length and also gathered and also made out of this tool-like fabric. And we don't see it, but it sounds like she's wearing heels. Honestly, this whole... I mean, not whole outfit, but this dress is giving me Florence from the Florence and the Machine, like, vibes (laughs) a lot. I feel like Florence could pull this off. Yeah. Yeah. Last outfit, I think there must be a fun, funner name, but I named it Oxford Schoolboy. So she's wearing a beige sweater in the, in the specific posh way where you have the sleeves over your shoulder and tied in the front. I don't know how this is comfortable to wear. I just don't get it. I liked how they were tied. It was like in a pretty way. I don't know, mm-hmm. like rolled sleeves together or something. It looked very proper. Yeah. And she's wearing a classic white shirt with long sleeves and an ugly ass tie. I think it's silk and I think it just has some random pattern on it, like mm-hmm. ugly ties do. 
<laughs> and beige white pants with a brown belt. Yeah, I think it's incredible. Just yeah, just incredible. <laughs> She's wearing this. Um, it makes me want to punch her in the face. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. She's still so hot. And then also, she's wearing this while she's um, telling me, because I'm projecting myself on <laughs> Nika, right? About how she's fucking my wife, so... <laughs> Ugh, yeah. yeah, I like don't really like this outfit, but I really respect it. I think she chose it so well for the setting. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree, but like I don't like it because it's too much beige for my taste, mm -hmm, personally. Mm -hmm. Same. Oh, I, th I think it's ugly as hell. I also think it's ugly as hell and amazing. Cool. So, people, or guys, as I like to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you fixed people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what is your favorite outfit? My favorite is the red, black, striped pants. It's really good. Because I just, my favorite thing about clothes, if if they're cut in an interesting way, I just really love that. And the the neckline and the waist is done so well on this outfit. And even though black-red combo is a bit scary, mm. uh, I do really enjoy it in this outfit. And it just, it was really nice. I really, I would love to wear that. It looked really good, yeah. This is a hard one, because I feel like the Black Widow outfit is one of the most iconic outfits of this season in my opinion but i will go with the mountain one because i i, I love that outfit so much it's amazing i always write down my favorite outfit before we start recording but this time i could not decide because i felt like there were so many outfits that i liked the same amount um, but I think I'm gonna go with the Widow outfit, because I just am very pro-dressing up for an occasion. And I think Villanelle did that perfectly, like, the exact amount of dramatic as was necessary. And, I mean, polka dot veil. Oh, incredible. <laughs> yeah, genius. Truly. On point. My favorite is actually also the red and black jumpsuit, which I just now had to look up, though, because the scene was so short that I didn't remember it. I remember that I liked it, but I was thinking already like on, on, on not picking that one, since if I didn't remember it, could I really love it as much? Uh, but I... I do. So I just realized that indeed this is not overalls, because overalls is the thing that... Dungarees, yeah. Dungarees, yeah. Yeah, um, so this is indeed not an overall, but a jumpsuit. Good to know. Are we ready to rate this episode? We are ready, at least I am. I am rating this episode the favorite. Mm. Uh, I wanted to movie. suggest that to Nea, but then I remembered they haven't seen it. <laughs> That's quite genius. Thank you. And I am rating it because there's a lot of, you know, lesbian tension going on. I mean, bisexual tension, but... <laughs> and it's just very, you know, dangerous relationships. 
and also a lot of wardrobe changes and also the color palette is kind of similar so it's just um it's you know the vibe as per usual Mm -hmm. (laughs) that gets me yeah i think that's really accurate yeah i agree i chose a simple favor i think the last outfit that Villanelle has is very Blake Lively in a simple favor, but also like Eve is very much Anna Kendrick uh, being scared of and obsessed with Blake Lively Villanelle. And yeah, there's just a lot of tension and it's fun. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I rate this episode even though I didn't even think about the fact that it should be like also about being Eve being so obsessed with her crush, so there's no connection to that, but I rate this episode Haunting of Hill House because of the like similar vibe vibe with the aesthetics and with because the Black Widow dress reminds me of a lot of floaty long uh, dresses in Haunting of Hill House. I mean, the whole outfit is kind of giving me Hunting of Hill House vibes, but also because Theo in Hunting of Hill House is indeed gay. Of course, that's a prerequisite for the rating. It has to be gay. (laughs) (laughs) I hadn't come up with a rating before starting recording this episode, because, you know, that's me. And so now, while everyone else was talking about their ratings, I was still thinking what I should pick. And Nina was also thinking about it because she knows I was uh, having this crisis. So then I, I got an idea and I didn't say anything. I just got the idea and thought about it and I thought it fit nice and I decided this is gonna be my rating. And then Nina turned to me and said that exact same thing so as a it, suggestion. So it must be mm. the right one. Nice. And what is it? It's the Raven Cycle, the four books, because I think it's like gloomy in a similar way. And in this episode of Killing Eve, there is like a little bit of plot that I find actually interesting, which is about <laughs> uh, the Aaron Peel and Alistair Peel stuff. And the Raven Cycle plot is, was very interesting to me. And also there is a motif of mourning a character's death before they are dead. So Ooh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Nice. Very cool. Nina, were you ha- did you have this similar reasons? Oh, I was just looking around my room and <laughs> I saw those books and I was like, oh yeah, that's like spooky and death related I and gay. Okay. <laughs> yes, yeah, spooky, death related and gay. <laughs> that's what I said. Uh, this should have been the title of our podcast. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> yes, and we only thought about Clearing Eve and killing Adam, Adam and Steve. And Steve. <laughs> 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 so, to end this beautiful episode. Oh, you think it's beautiful? Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we will... I think it's three hours long. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> so, to end this beautiful three hour recording, session we will play a beautiful game (laughs) 
and this game is how would you break up Nico and Eve? I would send them to Dan Foxworthy, the therapist from the L word. <laughs> <laughs> a terrible therapist. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Alice and Tasha went to him to talk about their relationship. And at the end, he was like, I don't think you have to do anything because I think you two should not be together. You should break up. So basically, I would ask him to... Uh, give Eve and Nico the same treatment to just be like, look, you have nothing in common. This is just not gonna work. Bye! <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, this one is a ridiculous one, but I think it might work. Nico would become a chaperone for like all the spelling bee competitions in the world <laughs> and he would be gone all the time and Eve would not notice. <laughs> season of that <laughs> instead of us going to all the places that Villanelle travels we see Nico traveling to all the different places that they have spelling bees <laughs> um, I would get a job as a food delivery person and I would not add the lime pickle to the order <laughs> Um, and I would even delete it from the um, <laughs> receipt so that then um, Eve would be angry because Nico didn't get her the extra lime pickle and he would try to convince her that he did and then they would have a fight and break this, Yeah, and this one thing that they had in common would be broken so they would have to break up. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So th mine is a little bit spoilerish. Spoilerish. <laughs> yes. I would make it so that Nico absolutely has to move back to his Polish village. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it. Because then Eve would absolutely not want to go there. Or she would be like, okay, I will go with you to this Polish village. And after two days, she would be like, I am not staying here. And they would break up. How would you convince him? Oh, to move back to Poland? Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. True evil. True evil. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> um, well, this was perfect. Um, I would love for us to end on that note. <laughs> Thank you, dear listener, for listening to this episode of Queering Eve. We will record another one. We release new episodes every Tuesday at 8 p.m. CET. Have a nice week and remember, your wife is cheating on you. I'm bisexual, I'm a switch, and I'm non-binary. I never made a decision in my life. <laughs>